You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Nepotism is often frowned upon, especially when the person doling out jobs is in a position of great power. Politicians and celebrities often give friends and family members cushy roles within their organizations as a favor. But not only can it be unethical and immoral, it can also lead to some bizarre situations for everyone involved. By 37 AD, Rome had finally gotten rid of its hated emperor, Tiberius Caesar Augustus. Installed in his palace was his grandnephew, Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. However, history would come to know him by his nickname, Caligula. Though Caligula had been seen as a savior to the people of Rome following Tiberius's reign, their hopes were quickly dashed. Their new emperor was impetuous and power-hungry. When he saw something or someone that he wanted, he took it, and he killed without question. After he was poisoned and nearly killed during his first year, Caligula purged his inner circle of anyone he suspected who might have played a part. In his case, that was almost everyone. Those who weren't murdered were exiled, and he dispatched anyone he considered a threat to his position. And that included family members, such as his cousin, his father-in-law, and his brother-in-law. Aside from his general paranoia, Caligula also thought highly of himself, more so than other of his predecessors. After a few years as emperor, he made his feelings quite known regarding his place in the universe. He considered himself a god and began addressing the public dressed in clothing reminiscent of Hercules and Apollo, among others. Even official documents had him listed as Jupiter Latiaris, rather than his own name. Temples were constructed in his honor, as were statues of gold to be worshipped by his adoring subjects. Although he was a bit flexible in his divine identity, he often shrugged off one persona, like Jupiter, to take on another, such as Neptune, one minute he would be parading around with a trident, and the next he was trading it in for Venus's gowns. One thing was consistent, though. Caligula tolerated no other gods in Rome. Any statues of Mercury, Juno, or Diana were decapitated, leaving only the statues modeled after himself with their heads intact. He believed himself so far above the people, he had a bridge built to take him from his palace to the Temple of Jupiter— so that he didn't have to walk through the public square of the Roman Forum. Although he only reigned for four years, Caligula managed to squeeze a lot of other strange behaviors into that short time. Like when he and his army waged war on the sea. He marched his soldiers to the coast of northern France, ready to do battle against an unbeatable enemy, only to have them fill their tunics and helmets with seashells. Caligula called them the spoils of the sea. 
After they'd collected enough, he and his men returned to Rome and threw a parade for themselves to commemorate their, um, victory. It's no wonder that many people, from those closest to him to modern-day historians, believed the emperor to be unwell. Those who knew him used to see him wide awake at night, talking to the moon. It was clear that he needed a friend, someone he could trust without worrying they were going to try and take his place. And he found that confidant in Incatatus. Incatatus had been there for Caligula when he needed him most, and so he treated him much better than almost anyone else in the emperor's circle. He lived in a house made of ivory and slept beneath lush purple blankets. He wore expensive jewels when he went out in public and attended dinner parties thrown in his honor, all of which were paid for by his rich and powerful comrade Caligula. In return, Incatanus would perform magnificent feats of athleticism for his friend's amusement. Eventually, however, it got to the point where Caligula wanted to do more for his pal and to have someone he could trust in charge, so he drafted a plan to make Incantatus a consul. Unfortunately for both of them, there were two big hurdles preventing such a thing from happening. First, the emperor was assassinated before Incantatus could be appointed. And second, Incantatus was a pretty unorthodox choice for the Roman Senate. That's because he wasn't even human. He was a horse. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
Aaron was born into a pretty poor family, although that's not an extraordinary beginning. In fact, it's far too common, even today. But in 1935 in Mississippi, that meant living with some pretty rough conditions. His father really did try to provide for the family, but he was just a day laborer, and oftentimes the work would dry up. When that happened, word would spread, and the community around them would step up and help out. A cooked meal, a warm coat, things that mattered from people who cared for someone in need. When Aaron was fairly young, the family went through another of those rough patches. As a result, they had to move around a bit. By 1948, they were in Tennessee, in a rough neighborhood, which meant that he was quickly known as the poor kid from the wrong side of the tracks. It seems that then, just like today, where you lived said a lot about who you were, even when that message was wrong. Of course, Aaron had friends who were better off. One of them was a boy named Jimmy, who lived in a much nicer part of town. At school, they had a lot of laughs and enjoyed each other's company. Kids have fewer prejudices, and it showed in their friendship. But Jimmy's mother didn't care for the neighborhood where Aaron's family lived, so she made it clear to her son that the poor boy was never allowed in their house. After all, he might steal something, right? (sighs) Well, it happened one day in 1950 that Jimmy had some relatives come to stay for a while at their house. His uncle, Lonzo Green, was a country singer, and to Jimmy, it was like welcoming royalty into the house. He beamed with pride and couldn't help but tell all of his friends about it. And that included Aaron, which prompted a request. You see, Aaron had somehow come into possession of a guitar, but he had no idea how to tune it. So knowing Jimmy's uncle was a musician, he pressured the friend to go home and ask if he could visit, just to get help with his guitar. Uncle Lonzo agreed, as long as they didn't break the rules, so Jimmy told Aaron to meet them outside on the sidewalk. And that's where Lonzo first met him, a shy boy with dark hair and a southern accent, with a ratty old guitar over his shoulder. They made small talk. Lonzo represented everything this teenage boy wanted to be, so there was a lot of that awe and wonder you might expect. The singer asked if he knew how to tune the instrument, and the boy shook his head. So he showed them, right there, outside Jimmy's house. The pair really hit it off, too. Soon enough, an hour had flown by. Lonzo had his own guitar with him, and he played through a number of songs on it, singing along as he did. There were ballads, gospel songs, even some stuff he'd written on his own. And Aaron loved every minute of it. He even learned a few chords in the process. But when they were done, Aaron had to leave. There was no way Jimmy's mother was going to let him inside, and it was getting late. And I'm going to be honest with you, it had to have felt pretty demoralizing to be rejected like that just because he didn't have as much as others. It worked out okay, though. Aaron kept practicing, and within a couple of years, he was good enough to feel like he should step into a recording studio. In August of 1953, he did just that, recording two songs that he had put onto a record he intended to give to his mother. Soon enough, though, word about his talent had spread. Although it wasn't just his guitar that people were drawn to. It was his voice. There was something special about it, about him, and the world was slowly noticing that. Yes, he was the poor kid from the wrong side of the tracks, but that was all about to change. Today, there is hardly a home in the country that his voice hasn't entered, despite the rules laid out by Jimmy's mother. And over the years, his music propelled him to legendary status. He holds the record for the most Billboard Top 40 songs at 115, and has sold more than 146 million albums worldwide. 
which of course makes sense. After all, Aaron was the king. Elvis, Aaron Presley. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious.